Megan Hicks of I Run Far. I'm with Anthony Castales. It's a couple days after the 2021 Canyons 100K, where you won the men's race. Hey, Anthony, congratulations. Thanks, Megan. How's it going? Good. I'm in Silverton, Colorado. Where am I talking to you from right now? I'm in Salt Lake City. Back in Salt Lake City already. You today's uh, today's Monday. The race was on Saturday. You traveled home yesterday. Yeah, we did our travel home yesterday. Um, went pretty smooth, but always a long. It's always a longer day than it should. And then coming back on the out, it's only an hour difference, but it always makes a difference. It seems like. And uh, you were back at school teaching today on um, you know 100k legs. How did that go? Uh, it was good. I did like a. Uh, I, teach, I teach PE, so um, my kids today were doing like this balancing workout, and I got in it with them, and the first one was kind of rough, and then by third period, I was like, oh, I'm feeling good, and then fourth period, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore today, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was pretty good. It was fun, though. It, actually, like it, it worked out a lot. It's like a yoga, almost kind of thing. So you had like a warm-up, you plateaued where you were feeling good, and then yeah, kind of like the race. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you about how the race went down last weekend, but it's been about a year and a half since we've seen you race, and a lot of stuff has happened. Yeah. That whole, like <laughs> COVID-19 pandemic. So I want yeah. to rewind. Just as we were getting ready for this interview, your wife and a baby were in the room. You have a you have a kid. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, her name is Piper, and she was born in November. So she's a little, she's like five months right at five months and yeah so that's new to us or becoming still still new to us and uh yeah um not a pandemic baby though that was before <laughs> we always kind of joke about <laughs> it not a, COVID, to clarify. Not, not a COVID baby <laughs> but uh, yeah <laughs> so. Um, so how is life as a dad in terms of yeah uh having a baby around the house and juggling a career and running um it's going good um it's, it's really, I actually started, I had like a really weird, I got an injury that I kind of wasn't, I around, sorry, around uh, August, September, I just had an injury, nagging injury that wasn't going away. And I was like, I'll take three days off and then this, and then, and then it just kind of kept prolonging and there was nothing on the schedule, you know? So there wasn't too much seriousness to it. And then I finally just took almost like a month and a half off completely and um, really got healthy. And when I started coming back, I was like, barely running like eight mile runs like when the baby was born so kind of like when she was born I was like well I need to keep this rolling or else like it's, you're probably not going to get into it very well and uh I know, she's been my good little luck charm because I've been healthy and uh real training's been really well since uh, we've had her so just, I, I've juggled a lot of things or I, I kind of like juggling a lot of things uh um for some reason uh more spare time to me, just kind of, I get more lazy, is what I've noticed through the years. I like that Piper is your good luck charm for yeah. happy running. Yeah, right now. Um, also during the pandemic, you changed sponsors. You became a Solomon athlete this year? Yeah, um, yeah, so with a rabbit for a couple of years and they did, were great, great sponsor. And um, um, we parted ways uh, or the, or, or at the end of the year and, um, yeah, I ended up with Solomon. Um, um, yeah, I, which is great because I've been running. It's pretty much a, that's the only shoot I've run in, in trails, except uh, my very first trail marathon back in like 2017, I think, or so. And I was in like Skechers Road Flats in Moab on that, which 
it was okay. I actually got through it, but yeah. <laughs> so. Amazing. Well, like the slick rock of Boab can be a little bit pavement-like in places, so. Yeah, but I also kicked a cactus and uh, that, didn't, <laughs> that didn't work out too well. Not so much protection. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, your name has been on the entrance list for Canyon's 100K for kind of a while. I think this was your first 100K, the internet said over the weekend? Um, yeah, this was the first uh, 100K debut. And so you did a couple races in Moab over the springtime. You were down for the Red Hot 55K and the Behind the Rocks 50 miler. Have you been intentionally, yeah, sort of trying to step up to, to Canyons? Um, so... I want to, we're planning to do, um, what was it? Um, way too cool 50, 50 K, um, plan to do that got canceled. And within like the week of it getting canceled, I also got an email from the race director because they really weren't letting anybody in elites or anyone because of permit issues, they overbooked the race and then the permitting got lowered. So they weren't even letting anyone. And then something happened and it, they emailed me asking to come out to Moab and, I had like two weeks to decide and did it. I was like, I'll just, I'll just do it. Any, it just, you got to take advantage of races right now if you want to race. Right. So I did that. Um, uh, I ran that pretty aggressive because I needed, I was hoping to get some uh, my international points, like uh, maybe bumped up a little bit. And then, um, yeah, the Red Hot or not Red Hot, uh, Behind the Rocks, that was, uh, that was strictly for training. Um, if someone like, if there had been like a few people that really were good in there, I don't like saying I'm just going to do a race for training, but it was that day. It was um, more for learning little things that I need to fix for the next race, like whether it be nutrition or putting a battery in a headlamp that I, or fresh batteries in a headlamp like I didn't have that morning and little stuff like that, um, which really kind of worked out well. Get, get all the glitches out before the real goal. Yeah, and actually one of the biggest ones was I got lost at, or I, I said, dang it, no, I said, I keep saying I didn't get lost. I went off course that day. And um, when I went off course, Jimmy Elam was telling me, he's like, you need to put the GPX on your watch because I just have never done that. And like, since I did it that time, it kind of forced me to, I needed to do it for canyons, I thought. And it was a really cool feature that was uh, fun to play with uh, during the race yesterday two days nice ago. um so canyons 100k is probably the most competitive race that we've seen in america since before the pandemic started like i'm thinking the north face 2019 uh, did you oh that was, sorry i was thinking i was in it sorry speedgo was pretty competitive i thought speedgo was decently competitive yeah but there were pretty good names in couldn't there. really get to it who wanted to right yeah I, no i just yeah 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 um, sorry. Uh, no, 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 it's all good. Uh, I just was, I wanted to preface my next question with like the idea that it was known that it was going to be a competitive race for a couple of months. Like the yeah. entrance list for Canyons was looking good. If the race was going to take place, it was going to be quite competitive. Were you going into it for the competition, for a golden ticket, for uh, stepping up to the 100K distance? What were, yeah, what were your goals? Um, well, I mean, everything's going to change. I mean, the goal was Lake Sonoma. As soon as Lake Sonoma got canceled, um, I emailed them, seeing if I could get in, and was able to, luckily. Um, I it, I guess like, it was more like I wanted to get a race in where I could get more eyes on me, maybe a little bit just more respect, maybe, I guess, just if I do well yeah. um, with the big goal and ticket races do that. 
it seems like you no matter how it works out like you're gonna people are gonna hear about it um so that was like the main thing um taking the ticket for the longest time I wasn't really sure um the main I mean the main reason right now taking it is I was planning to do like the golden trail series but right now it's still not clear if we could go overseas to race this year and um yeah you don't want to give something up and then and then want it back later so taking it those are two really different things like competing in the golden trail series like relatively short marathon distance mountain races and a and a real runnable hundred miler yeah um honestly i just really want to go to chamonix and go see that and go to like that that experience i mean it just looks like a completely different environment which might be a bummer because you might get over there and it's the one year that there's so many restrictions you don't get that same race vibe as well but um i did that series it's when i see those races they just look so fun with the people that are spectating around that um has made me want to go over there so yeah they're yeah completely different races but um I guess that's the reason why I got into the sport was uh, Tim Tolson was showing his Instagram off all the time about all these awesome places he was going and it looked like fun, fun races. And that's what uh, I've always, always been like a trail runner being from Chico and stuff. So kind of how we trained with um, Tim, Tim went there as well. Yeah. But um, once I kind of like saw those races across seas, which I never knew about, I thought that, that looks like really fun to go do that. So my next question was going to be, what is the next, if you took the golden ticket, what is the next couple of months of training going to look like? But I mean, now the question gets even more interesting if you're trying to like, yeah, juggle two potential. Um, Well, I'm going to take, I'm going to have to, I'm going to let golden trail series that I'm not going to be able to go. And I'm going to take the uh, golden ticket and go there. Um, The main reason why taking it or the other big reason taking it is the the field's just so stacked this year that I feel like if like you get a golden ticket and you don't don't go compete with that field, it almost feels like a cop out. So I feel like it's I love competition. So that's I mean you couldn't ask for a better year at Western. It seems like right now. And I was just listening to podcasts. You don't know how many of those people are actually even going to make it to the start line because that's kind of how any kind of big race works. But yeah, the competition is the main main draw right now. Um, I want to talk for just a couple minutes about how the race played out on Saturday and then maybe finish this interview with talking about prepping for Western States. Okay. Then. Yeah. So I followed the race on Ultra Runner Podcast's Twitter feed, and it seemed like you were a pace setter or sharing uh, the lead for almost all of the race. Is that an okay way to put it? Uh, I was in the front pack of like anywhere four to six of us. Um, yeah, the whole first 30, 35-ish miles. Um, I mean, the first 20, like we were, I mean, we might as well been along with our friends for a little bit. We were talking a little too much. <laughs> we were talking a lot, and, which was great. It was fun. It made it a little bit more relaxed. And um, Was it one of those, we like, were, I haven't seen humans for so long, uh, like, let's talk. <laughs> a little bit. Um I mean, yeah, someone, someone was even saying, it's like, it's great, like, doing a race, like, we get to talk to someone and all this, and it, it was, like, I was really quiet in the beginning of the race, because I wasn't, I actually wasn't feeling that great, just from the, in the start, like, the first, like, three miles, and then, like, everything kind of shook out, I was having a little bit of stomach issues, not from any, 
not from nutrition or anything like that, just for morning stomach issues. Yeah. And that's a good, and you know, you're kind of concerned about that being three miles into hundred K. Um, but, um, yeah, we, we were all kind of switching off leads and talking and yeah, it, it was a pack of like, yeah, four to six of us. Um, it, so it looked like, yeah, maybe for the first third to a half of the race, you were sharing the lead with a bunch of different guys. And then in the middle miles of the race, it was like, you were just ahead of the leaders at a couple aid stations. So yeah, Forest Hill was probably when people saw that and it wasn't for very long. So it was like four, four of us were together. It was Cole, um, this kid Preston that a lot of people are talking about right now, which has a really cool story. And Matt, Max and I, um, Noah kind of dropped off the back for a little bit. He dropped off at the aid station before and, um, kind of caught back up later in the race. Um, but it was us four. And then basically the, the last, uh, climb into, um, Forest Hill, we were really together, but there's like a lot of walking going on and, I was just kind of getting antsy and kind of took off a little bit the last hill. I mean, not by a lot, but just a little bit. So when I popped out over four hills, maybe 30 seconds ahead of just Max and Cole at that point. I don't know where Preston, I'm not sure where Preston was at. When did you shake the rest of the guys? Like when did that officially happen then? Um, so Cole, so Cole and I were running together or Cole and I left the aid station pretty close together. And, um, kind of where I run him down the hill and he was like just in his back. And then I was kind of just like a, you know, a couple of strides ahead of him. And it was a really long asphalt downhill and, um, um, and, uh, happened there, right. We were just going down. I, you know, it's like, it felt like I barely had a lead. And then we got to the trail and I kind of turned around. And I was like, Oh, I'm glad that's over because it was just kind of brutal. And it wasn't Cole, it was Max then. So Cole was kind of off the back and it was Max. And then, so me and Max were together for like, maybe the first half of the next climb. And um, I think he was just one, he was just trying to be a little bit more conservative than I was. And uh, that's where I kind of left, left him a little bit on that climb. I'm not sure by how much, because I know within like in the next five miles after that, which I, I turned around and didn't see him a couple of times, but I know within the first five miles after that is when he got lost between there and um, the next aid station. Okay. Right now. Um, the profile of this year's race course is amazing. Like the end is so brutal. Yeah, it, it was, I don't, I thought it was, man, why am I forgetting the name of the aid station? I, I, it was where my cabin was, it's so bad, but, um, it was what, sorry, I'm sorry. It's four sill. And then I'm the next aid station. I'm trying to think of, maybe was it, um, devil's thumb? No, no. Okay. So like the small little community. Like right after. Oh, uh, Michigan Bluff. Michigan Bluff. Yeah, I, I stayed there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> after Michigan Bluff, you go downhill pretty hard for like two miles, and then it's like a two or three mile really steep climb. I think that was the hardest part of the race. Okay. Um, and then after that, you kind of do that little loop, and it to me it kind of flattened out a lot over there. Where it was just kind of more flowy from there on in. Um. I didn't think the last climb was too bad. The profile was kind of all over the place because at first they told us it was going to be seven, seven mile loop, eight mile to the finish. Mm-hmm. Then we got there and it was five mile loop and 11 miles to the finish. So it was, something was a little bit different. <laughs> so 
yeah um it, it was a hard finish but uh I, I would have said that that other climb was a little bit harder interesting um you cleared everybody and I think you ran the last 10 miles something like 30 or 40 seconds a mile faster than everybody else so I guess max yeah. notwithstanding because yeah he was spent some time off course but yeah he got uh, it was around yeah um, yeah Sorry. I wasn't sure where he got off at. Yeah. Sorry. I, I'm not sure either. Uh, you crossed the finish line and there were no guys around for 10 minutes or so, eh? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there wasn't. So in the, the loops that I was talking about, so you do that five mile loop before you start that loop, you actually, it was Deadwood was the aid station. You actually go out like a quarter mile, half mile. And then you turn around and come back. So you actually get to see people that are maybe around you. So at mile 25, aid station, Noah wasn't feeling good. And I actually kind of waited around for him a little bit um, because him, him and I are Salt Lake City. We're friends. And I think we just had a lot of strengths and weaknesses that we could help each other out with during it. And um, anyway, he, he even said, I'm not feeling that good. And I kind of waited and I was like, okay, I got to go. And um, so I kind of decided he was having a bad day, which I was really bummed about. And then we do this out and back section and I'm coming back and I'm expecting to see Cole or Max and uh, Noah, it's Noah because Max got lost and it, and Noah caught up by a lot. Wow. And I got really excited at that point because, you know, it's like my pretty good friend. And then, um, so I was like a little adrenaline shot and, and then my next thought was, well, Noah's coming back pretty hard. I got a seven in the gear because everyone keeps talking about how this finishes brutal. <laughs> And Noah's a way better climber than him. He put, he put in like a million feet last year, whatever, like million vertical feet. Like he's, he's done those crazy challenges, uh, month, month, the month long challenges for vertical feet. So, so then I started hammering as much as I could the flowy section and was seeing how long I could hold him off for. And, uh, and it sounds like he, he ended up, uh, struggling a little bit the last, last part anyway. That's amazing. The first thought is like, yeah, that's my buddy. And then the oh. second thought is, oh no, that's my buddy. Well, actually, I mean, so we talked about like, if things were, you know, the perfect day and like, we're running together, like we could, we'll break tape together, you know, like, like, because we, we were running together like a week before this race. And um, okay. my thought was, I was like, if he like catches me on like a climb and he, like, he, he better not wait up for me. He needs to just go. But if like, he starts to slowly catch up to me or like we get into a spot where it's like the last mile, like we could maybe like kind of have that really cool friendship finish. So yeah. I wanted to at least maybe get to that point where, <laughs> where that could potentially happen. Not tell him, no, you need to just go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So you cross the line, you uh, win the race by quite a lot. You get handed the gigantic golden ticket board yeah. And now you have two months to recover, yeah. build for build for your first hundred mile, and then race. What what's going through your head right now? Um, just I guess just try to keep it going. Try to keep it going as much as I can. Luckily, that hasn't the body has felt pretty well from this. Um, I'm not sure if it's because it, the trails are so nice in California, and that's one of the reasons. Or you know, we did have like almost three four thousand less feet of descent which is, I think, where it really gets you a lot. But yeah, just get recovered as fast as I can and keep things rolling as much as possible. Um, 
I've thought about that it is kind of a bad timeline for that ticket because, uh, you know, you got to taper going into this race, you got to recover after the race. And then, and then now you have seven weeks and you got to taper into the next race. So it's like a five week period that you have to really hammer, I think, but, um, yeah, it's going to have to do the best I can. <laughs> yeah. There are, there are blessings and curses of racing, right? That yeah. there's the taper and the recovery, but then there's the fitness earned from the actual mm-hmm. race itself. Yeah. Yeah, the fitness, a little bit of an extra, like, experience, like, currently and all that stuff, I think is is definitely good, so. Yeah, so this was a nine-hour race this past mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah. I, you're now jumping up to, I don't know, something in the 14 to 15-hour race in just seven, seven weeks, or nine weeks, yeah. Time, right? Yeah, that, that, I guess that's right. I mean, I mean, I don't know how else you really do it. I mean, it's kind of there's not too much in between hundred K and a hundred mile or that, that we race a lot that I could think of like time-wise. Did you, um, um, cause you talked about earlier in this interview about using the 50 miler in Moab yeah. to work out the hitches for hundred K. Yeah. What are, did you learn things this past weekend that you're like, Oh, that's really good for this race to know for Western um, know. You know, one of the biggest ones was that I had my, watch the watch I use um having that elevation profile instead of like I didn't count miles I counted how much more elevation gain I had left oh wow that, that's how I went off of it I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't do too much studying like not on the course because every time I've tried to study a course from a gpx file it's there's something so brutal in the middle of it that's worse that <laughs> kind of throws off everything you studied for I feel like so, um, and I couldn't go preview it just in time. So, uh, so yeah, when I saw that, uh, when I saw that was available on the watch, I was like, oh, that's a really cool setting. I could just kind of, and oh. it counts down your feet. So it like says like, for instance, and it was totally off. It said it was 17,000 feet for the day, even though it was 14 or 15, but it counts down on that GPX file, like how much is left throughout the race. And it shows you what's coming up next. And I was like, that was, uh, I think, the biggest benefit of learning something that day. Huh. That's a really fun way to break down a race is looking at, like, the climbs or the, yeah, what what amount of uphill is left. Yeah, that's kind of, in North Face, that's kind of the way I looked at it, too. I was like, it's like, I think, about, I was like, it's 10 climbs is the way I was looking at it. I'm like, how can I get through 10 climbs was uh, the thought that day. What a, what, a, what a fun experience to, like, go to your first 100K and earn entrance to your first 100 mile. Yeah. Yeah. Max and I were talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. It's different. And it's so. going to get a lot more different in just a couple of months time. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be, yeah. Hopefully everything like on wood still keeps going through and nothing happens. Apparently you need just, you just need Piper by your side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's, yeah, she's, she's done me pretty well so far. Aww. Well, congratulations <laughs> on your win at Canyons 100k and man we look we look forward to chasing you around the western states course in just two months thank you